listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 So what is the Vegas lead here on this Tuesday? Let's talk about the aftermath day two of the 76ers. And I want to drill into the idea of the process itself. Because to me, I think that talk radio in general, talk TV, you know, talking heads, TV, blah, blah, blah. By definition, they are covering stories an inch deep. Why? Because, hey, there's four minutes to the commercial break, and TV especially. You know, radio, if they if a host wants to, he can be more leisurely. Now, sometimes I think hosts can get too leisurely. A lot of local radios about what the guy ate for lunch yesterday because they got four hours to fill. <laughs> you know, that to me is one of the advantages of having a one-hour show is we've always got, even during the pandemic, no sports, we had more show then we had time, and that means you guys are getting at least we like what we're sharing. You know, a lot of times in these longer shows in the off season, especially, it's tougher. But even in a shorter show, you can dig as deep as you want. It's just you can't cover as many topics. And I think there's some misconceptions about the process. And Jonas, I'd like to have you as a representative of the fans of a, in my opinion, a very bright fan, but not a professional hedge fund guy, not a, you know, uh, uh, not a um, professional batter, obviously, obviously, right? <laughs> <laughs> Just like I'm not a professional radio guy, obviously, as Jonas might say. <laughs> but, but the, oh, you didn't have to laugh that hard, John. Jeez. All right, but here's the... He, Here's my question. What about the process, Do you, as you understand it, and it's all about our definition of it, do you like, and all the neutral stuff, throw, keep out. I want to hear the stuff that you really liked about the process, if anything, and things you really disliked. Uh, Joel Embiid is what I liked. And uh, what I which how do how do you get so the theory is that if you tank and get high picks, a percentage of those picks are going to be really good. Yeah, and I think Joel Embiid is by far and away clearly the best pick that they've come away with. You know, in in, with the quote unquote process that is happening uh, with the Philadelphia Seventy Sixers. What I I don't like is that. If they come away and and say they you know get to an NBA Finals or if they would have advanced past this round, this idea that the process worked, I I don't know if if it worked it, more so than they just threw a bunch of stuff at the wall and something was eventually going to stick. And what that thing was was Joel Embiid, because as we mentioned yesterday, you could talk about Markel Fultz and some other things they did that haven't well, worked. But what do we say that isn't that Bella isn't that Belichickian to yes. change sport? Hundred percent. In that you, one of the ba- in amongst the smartest draft people, and I'll say the smartest public draft people, because the, usually in any profession, the smartest of the smart people are not talking about it. Hedge funds don't often have their secrets revealed in a conference or on a radio show. So there can be some really smart people, let's hope, now I'm publicly talking, about any subject, but the ones that are in the 99.99999, at least as long as they're living it, they're not talking about it. Now, sometimes you get a guy that retires, you know, and then at that point, coaches, I think you see this. If there's a 40-year-old former coach on TV, it means he, no one wants to hire the guy. If there's a 65-year-old coach... Maybe, you know, Bill Walsh did a lot of TV. Bill Walsh was one of the best football minds ever. So, in general, though, 
when I say I'm, I'm listening to draft guys that really know what they're talking about, this is amongst the public people. And the belief in the draft is that nobody knows enough to be close to certain about any pick. Thus, if you could have two picks at number 20 or one pick at number 10, most smart draft people would rather two picks at 20 because it is, as Jonas said, throwing things against the wall. So when you say that them trying to accumulate the process, accumulating picks because they realize that they're crapshoots, I think that's smart thinking, isn't it? Yeah, it's smart thinking. I just I don't know that it needs to be called the process. It could just be called hoarding draft picks to increase your odds of success. <laughs> Not quite as catchy. <laughs> no, no, and that that's true. And 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 on the Belichick front, and and I always you know talk make this point that you know Tom Brady is applauded as one of the great draft picks of all time. Well, even the Patriots passed on him five times. No so doubt. The, so this idea that you know they saw something so nobody else saw. No, they saw something nobody else saw. When there was nobody else, they saw more better a better pick at that point when they grabbed Tom Brady. So, but it goes to show that it's all calculated risks, right? Is let's say there's a lottery ticket that's a, one of the common lottery tickets back in the old days was you, they'd it'd be a pick three. There'd be three numbers, zero through nine, three numbers. So there's a thousand numbers, right? Zero, zero, zero through nine, nine, nine possible numbers. If someone played the lottery and was getting six hundred to one on it, that's a bad bet. Anyone playing that 1,001 bet for 601 has a bad bet. But if somehow, some way, you knew the first number matched, okay, now you've got a 100 to 1 shot with two numbers to go. If you can buy that baby for, you know, uh, let's say, let's say that you were getting paid, so it's a 100 to 1 shot, let's say you were getting paid 1,000 to 1. Well, all of a sudden now, a lottery ticket, which is a bad bet typically, becomes a good bet. But you know what? You're going to lose that bet 99 out of 100 times. It's only one out of 100 you're going to win, but right. the payoff is enough to make it worth it. Tom Brady, as a first-round pick, in hindsight, would have made sense. But at the time, that would have been a horrible calculated risk. But in the sixth round, it was a great risk. So I, I agree with you, but I think this is all about probability and all about odds from the top to the bottom. And that's why trading back, I think, is usually what the smart teams do because they, they, everyone thinks they're sure. I know I want this guy. Eh, I'm not so sure, right? And as you said, Tom Brady was passed on five times. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. So, but so far, Jonas, if I'm hearing you correctly, Belichick and the and the 76ers think the same way about picks. You just don't like the branding. Yeah, I just it feels like oh, this was all part of the you know the the quote unquote process. You know, as they talk about this is all part of the process. Well, was it part of the process for you to trade the number three pick for the number one pick, take Markel Fultz, and let the Celtics in your conference end up with Jason Tatum? Which I mean, goes against the the idea that you're uncertain. They're saying we're so sure, certain that Fultz is better that we're willing to trade a number one to go up two slots. That goes against it. You're right, but Hanky wasn't there for that, was yeah, he? And, and no, and and then you. T- talk about these shooting issues for Ben Simmons. Well, you know, Markel Fultz had the same things that were going on there to where it felt like mentally, psychologically, Mm. he was broken. So I just... 
if you want to claim it do as a that's, do you think that's process oriented though I, I I don't know I it, maybe that's something in Philadelphia to where maybe they've got to figure out a way to uh, to work around that <laughs> to, to, where they can the, get, to, to settle the fans down yeah I mean something like that you know it's gonna take a lot to settle that fan base down I just think that it's a catchy phrase it's a catchy nickname it's cool but I don't know that it necessarily yeah. is anything that different from what a lot of teams have tried to do when they've tried to collect a bunch of picks this business it's a crapshoot. Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. You gamble and you lost. Now, you've made a lot of money with us before, and you make a lot again. We always take care of our friends. You know that. That's what Hanky said when they were kicking him out of town. <laughs> but, but, but the fact is, I do believe, and there is a, I think it's a seven-page letter that Hanky released at the time of his, you know, parting of the ways with the Sixers, and he really went through and rationalized his thinking. They, he wanted it on record what he was attempting to do with the process. I think Jonas brings up a good point. The branding of it was too successful and it became a cause for scorn. Think about it. When something isn't successful, we ignore it. When it's the proper amount of success, we are fine with it. But when it gets too successful, too much attention, there's a backlash. And I think Hanky came up with the name because it's kind of hard you, the reason there are trademarks to start with, and if you watch like The Wire, they would trademark like when they were selling heroin on you know the TV show. It was like, oh, this is you know weapons of mass destruction. Oh, that's a great name if you're trying to get blown out, right? So okay, so th- there's with drugs, there's going to be branding. What is it right. or anything, including street drugs? What is why? What does it represent? It's a way to with a simple name to associate it with a concept or with a product. So whatever the Sixers were doing, it had to have a name, or how could people defend it? How could the fans say, don't worry about losing, we trust the process. It was a way to bridge them from the losing to the winning. Now, what would Hanky have done if he had been there? I don't know. Would he have changed the name? Would he have called it something up? I don't know. But I do think that name was so successful we now have something to point to when we want to scorn it. When we want to be negative about it, we can point to it just as easy. Not just the Sixers way, even the yeah. Patriots. The Patriot way is the same as the process. It's a branding for an overall operational theory. The question I've got is, what part of the process was different than what any team would have done? And I think there was a few. I don't think... Their ability to draft, and if you look at the draft choices, in 18, they took Bridges, and he was traded to the Suns. He's thriving there. You got Foltz. It is interesting, Jonas. I didn't make that connection when it came to the missed or the the, the shooting yips. The fact is, probably the two most famous shooting yips of the last 10 years, both were Philadelphia 76ers. Now, that is interesting. The hardest fan base in sports, Ben Simmons in 16, Okafor in uh, 15 and Embiid in 14. I don't think the process was ever we're going to draft better than other people. So the fact that they drafted, you know, fair, I'd call it. I think if we would have been talking about this a year ago, we would have said better than fair. Having two franchise guys with Simmons at the time being considered one out of, you know, those draft choices is a good, is good. But now if you only have one, now it starts to be less good. But at no point did the Sixers say they were going to draft better. I think at the heart of it, the, the process was we're going to be not only okay with losing for a while, we're going to embrace it. 
we're going to literally tell, oh, your ankle hurts a little bit. Yeah, shut it down for the year. Right? OKC is doing something very, sim- something very similar this year, but it was an active embracing of losing because winning enough to be the fourth or fifth best team doesn't do you any good in the lottery in the draft. And oh, by the way, the lottery's tonight, and we're going to see. Let me see. The Rockets, oh, it seems like they tried to lose. Pistons, I can't figure out what they're doing, but okay. Magic obviously tanked at the end of the year. And again, we'll define tanking as deferring winning, not trying to purposely lose on the court, but rather not playing guys maybe if they're a little bit banged up. OKC, obviously, is doing a similar thing. So it seems like that process is happening right now. The only difference, you know, in those cities, the only other difference I see with Philly is the the way they coddled the players. That the connection between, oh, your ankle hurts, take off a month, and the way that they seemingly are soft now, especially the Simmons, and you could say Embiid coming, and again, we can say he played on his knee and meniscus. I don't know. I don't know. I know that he doesn't strike me as nails tough. As uh, He's tougher than me. Last thing I'd want to do is fight Embiid in an alley. But I'm telling you, he doesn't seem NBA tough to me. But maybe we're projecting, maybe if anything, him playing on that meniscus uh, extra minutes in games that didn't matter was because he was trying to react to people saying he's not tough. And that actually is an indictment of the process also because it's a reaction to the coddling and the softness that these players were um, treated as. Would you agree with that, Jonas, specifically that the, the, the process players were treated like they ran the organization? It wasn't like a Belichickian authority from above. Yeah, they were really coveted because that was part of this plan. This part of this, uh, alright, yes. well these guys are a part of the plan, so we need to make sure that they're uh, that everybody's kept uh, you know uh, healthy and everybody's kept safe here with all this. They're, they're the assets. They're yes. the assets, yes. And, and I do think the branding portion of this is a big deal because Paul George called himself player off P. He will never live that down. Paul George has had a phenomenal run here in the postseason. There are still people that snicker at the thought that he's playoff P to where they were calling him pandemic P last year in the bubble and all that. (laughs) When you give yourself a name even if you're half joking, and even if this was just all, you know, the the Sixers and and them just trying to have some fun and say, oh, trust the process. This is part of our process. Well, when you do that, all of a sudden there's an expectation that comes along with it, whether you want it or not. And I think that's what part of the backlash has been. I like to go by T-Bone, personally. So, <laughs> I, I mean, it's up to you, but now... <laughs> Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Hey, it's Ben, host of The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller, along with my trusty sidekick, David Gascon. Would mean a lot to have you join us on our weekly auditory journey. You're asking, what in God's name is The Fifth Hour? I'll tell you, it's a spinoff of The Ben Maller Show, a cult hit overnights on FSR. Why should you listen? Picture, if you will, a world where we chat with captains of industry in media, sports, and more every week. Explore some amazing facts about human nature and more. Listen to The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. So, RJ, the NBA playoffs continue after a night off last night. In the Western Conference, we got the Clippers at the Suns right now on pregame.com. It's the Phoenix Suns, a a four-and-a-half-point favorite at home. 
And what we'll do is let's talk about just real high level, the series, the odds, and then in the last segment, we'll get into the preview. Suns are about minus 400 to win. Now, remember, advance. Uh, this is with a 1-0 lead. That means about a 78% chance. Clippers plus 330. You like the Clippers? 100 wins you 330, 22% chance. These odds tell us beyond a shadow of a doubt that Vegas believes Kawhi Leonard will not play in this series. And it is not even leaving much room for doubt. If the Suns, who with Kawhi on the Clippers, would be about an even team. If you look at the Suns at full strength, Clippers at full strength, Clippers might be considered a smidge better, but it's real close. After a team who's even to start the series, wins the first game at home like Phoenix did, oftentimes that home team is going to be minus 200, minus 220. You know, not much over that. The fact that the Suns, who are up 1-0, are minus 400 about, says there is little belief Kawhi is going to play anytime during the series. Jonas, have you seen anything that tells you otherwise? No. In fact, they've tried to play game by game and, and be very vague about it, but I don't think he's coming back this series. Just gut feeling. Now, let me ask you this. And we've been digging and digging, and we can't seem to, the whole team can't seem to figure it out. What is the contingencies on Chris Paul? Is this a matter that he feels symptoms? Because we're seeing in one report he's got a fever. And once he's done with his symptoms and he's physically able to play, he plays? Or is it that there was a 10-day... The NFL, once you had a positive test, there was 10 days before you could play, no matter if you were asymptomatic. Do we know... Or do you know that situation with Chris Paul? No. And what I've heard just from people that cover the NBA is, first, he doesn't, I've heard that he doesn't show any symptoms, that he's gotten vaccinated. That was a report that came out. So he's been vaccinated. Before all this. Yeah. yeah. So, so he had the vaccine. He's not showing any symptoms. And the NBA is being vague about what is happening because they're trying to protect the privacy of the players in a lot of cases, which just seems... A little bit strange, considering they've kind of you know moved the goalposts a little bit on some of the way that they look at this stuff. LeBron James is is at a tequila opening and nothing happens. Kristaps Porzingis goes uh, to a to a club and he gets popped fifty thousand dollars. There's just some inconsistencies here, and the, and all coverage of it and the details that have come out are just very sparse. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. 